Welcome to another week of Everyday Disciples. I'm Matthew Starner, and I'm so glad that you're here with us again this week. Have you ever been faced with a big decision in life and you've wondered, what does God want me to do here? Is there a right choice when it comes to something like where to live or who to marry or where to go to college? That's what we're asking today. In our first segment, we'll sit down with Aiden and CJ to talk about knowing God's will, especially when it comes to these big questions in life. In our second segment, we'll talk with Pastor Rob about free will. When it comes to these sorts of decisions, can we make choices or does God have it all planned out in advance? We've got lots of great stuff ahead. Let's dig in. Well, we're sitting down once again here with uh, Aiden and CJ talking today about uh, another kind of spiritual what, question, spiritual practice of, of knowing God's will. Oftentimes in life, there's lots of different situations that come up where people might be inclined to try to discover God's will. Have you guys, either of you ever been in a position like that where you like wanted to know God's will for something? Junior slash senior year of college when I was deciding, oh, should I become a teacher like I had been studying and planning on or should I go into ministry? And that was one that I was, it was a few months of me being like, I don't know which one I should do. Um, and then it was over the course of time and some conversations and like it kind of came to the surface like, yeah, no, this is like ministry seems like the, the path that I want to take, but it wasn't like some thunderbolt moment, yeah. like, ah, burning bush. Yeah. Go be a pastor. That wasn't, that didn't happen for me at least, but it was, it was a long process. I think there's kind of like almost on an everyday basis, you, or at least I kind of wonder, is, is this God's will? Is this decision's God, God's will? Um, but I guess a big one is more, I guess work is always a question that you, you think of, um, education. I mean, people have careers, but more and more, I feel like people in the world are changing careers. And I think that's a lot, a big one that people just want to do God's will, especially a person of the church. You're just not sure if you're following that and you want to, I feel like it's a lot of people's Thought I, process. I think it seems like it's it's those big kind of things that, at least in my experience, those have been the, the things where, um, where people all of a sudden think like, "Ooh, this 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 has potential to change things pretty pretty big." Um, maybe I need to figure out what God what God wants me to do here. Uh, things like you just said of you know, job or education or where to live or should I you know move across the world or something? Should I go on a big mission trip or? change my calling in my life or something, get married or have kids. Um, those big, like life altering moments maybe are where the places where we're maybe most open to hearing God's will or, or wanting to know. I just sort of had this thought as we're talking about it. Like, so is that, is it because it's such a big thing that we, we recognize it has the potential to screw things up. And so that if I can get God to tell me what it is, then, mm. that I don't have the responsibility for it. Is that maybe hmm. one aspect of where that comes from? Probably. I, I'm sure that's gotta be true <laughs> in my life of the like, holy moly, this has the ability to wreck things. If this goes poorly, yep. I want to make sure that it doesn't. So let's make sure yeah. that God says this is the right way. Yeah, a lot of times we, we we seek God's will when it's on, the, like you said, Matt, like those big matters, things like your job, your relationships, like your calling, vocation. It's like the thing, like the big life things that you're just like, I just want to know what to do, and like it causes anxiety. So you're like, oh, God, just like take the anxiety away, and just like tell me what you want me to do. Sure, it's not like the the trivial things like you don't seek God's will for like, hey, what shirt should I wear today? Or right. Like, 
where should I, where should I go to dinner tonight? Or like, how, mm-hmm. like how, how, which gas station should I go to, to get gas? Like, like those aren't really the ones you seek God's will for. Right. Not to say he doesn't care about those things. He probably, like, I'm sure he really does, but I'm sure if he, if you asked him that and he was just right there with you, he'd probably be like, which, well, and some <laughs> of what you're even saying starts to get at, like it, it reveals a little bit for me of how you view God and his relationship to you and the things that happen in your life. Yes. How how granular a level does God care about the the details of our life? For some folks, if we put it in the, in terms of metaphors, um, one of the probably the most common that that I've run up against, and I don't know that people have necessarily put it in these words, but they come at it with the idea of like God has a blueprint for my life, where everything is spelled out um, down. If you've ever looked at blueprints, you know, they're very detailed. They will tell you exactly where everything needs to be, exactly the size, um, you know, what the components are made out of, colors, finishes, all that sort of things. And that sounds, it, it sounds like a great thing. And it sounds like a true thing from what we know about God. Like God knows everything. So I'm never going to make a move in life that God is surprised by. Mm-hmm. But when you actually put that into practice and like live, live in that world for a minute as, as if that's real, that's a horrifying thing, right? Cause, cause if you screw up one of the first steps in that blueprint, like if the foundation is not laid correctly mm-hmm. and you got off, the whole place is going to fall down or you mm-hmm. got to rip the whole thing down and start over. If there's like, if you're talking about a blueprint for like a house or a building, if there is a an important beam that is not in the right place. If it's six inches off, like that could be devastating to the house. Uh, it's gotta be where it's gotta be. And in your life, it's like, if I make a wrong turn somewhere years ago, before I even came to know who Jesus was, and now I've you know been going down this road of the wrong way for a minute, am I so far away from the blueprint for that God had for my life? Is that just, is that unachievable now? That's, that's a scary thing. It even sort of sounds scriptural, because if you go one of the, one of the verses that we're coming up on on confirmation uh, season here before long, and the the kids will be picking their confirmation verses if they haven't already, they might have already done that. Um, one of the every, someone's going to have this verse every year, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. It's a life verse for many people. Mm-hmm. For I know I the, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. Like that sounds like God has blueprints right there. Mm-hmm. And I love the 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 pastor inside me, kind of kind of loves. Um, breaking people's misconceptions about verses like Jeremiah twenty nine eleven that you know those words might not say what we think they're saying to mm-hmm. us. We've maybe pinned some things on them that they weren't meant to carry. And uh, when we look at those words in context, like that that those are great words and comforting words that God speaks to Israel at a moment when they're getting carried off into captivity. Mm-hmm. And before that, He tells them, "Settle in." Because y'all aren't going anywhere. You're going into captivity. It's your kids that are going to be coming back. So settle in with the enemy there. Get married, have kids, and prepare for the long haul because this isn't going to be fun. Mm. Um, You guys have screwed up, and so here we go. But I have plans that ultimately are going to be fulfilled through this, and good's going to come out of it. Like That's a great promise from God. Doesn't Mm. mean that like our life is going to be a cakewalk and, and super easy. Um, and I would say it also doesn't even necessarily mean that uh, God has everything predetermined that we get no freedom in life and 
and that if I choose option A or option B when it comes to where to live or who to marry or where to go to school, that I've derailed those plans. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think if I may be so bold, I think one of the reasons we inside the church, like seeking God's will isn't a great thing. It's something you should pray deeply about and like have good conversations with trusted mentors and friends and people who, you know, care for you. Like, good thing. Do that. I'm encouraging that all the way. Yeah. Don't, don't hear in this conversation that like, that's a bad thing to seek God's will. We should do that. Yes. But where I will be bold though is, and because this is something I've, I've wrestled with in my faith last like a couple of years is I think we, we have this ingrained in our minds so much that as Christians, we need to deny ourselves. And it's true. We need to take up our cross, you know, die to our flesh daily. But we also feel like in order to be good Christians, we need to like deny our desires that God has given us even um, and really kind of just be like, well, I, you know, and we can get more into this in the whole like singleness uh, topic. But I think one, one, one that I have heard a lot from like my friends growing up is like, oh, I want to get married. But like, what if it's not God's will for me? It's like, well, do you feel like you have the desire or like, do you feel like God has given you this like, do you feel like this is what he's calling you to? And if they're saying like, no, it's like, okay, well then you have a good desire. It's a healthy desire to have that, like go from there. You don't have to be like, okay, well, if I'm single at 27, oh, I guess I'm just going to be single forever. That's what God's plan for me. It's like, maybe not, maybe it is, but maybe not. Mm-hmm. It's kind of and like, it's going to take a lot of discernment. It's going to take some long time thinking and, and really seeking God's wisdom and his presence, but also the presence of people he's put around you. And who God is trying to speak into your life. Like the, the people and the voices that we have in our lives can say a lot about what God's will is for our lives because we do trust them, because we are inviting them in to difficult parts of our life, but also like big monumental ones as well. Sure. And, and along that, so so I think a healthy way of, of seeking God's will um, and trying to understand what his will is for our life, because yes, he does have a will for us. He does mm-hmm. have desires for us. Um, I've liked the metaphor better um, instead of a blueprint of thinking about it in terms of a game plan where, you know, game plan, it, ultimately you want to win the game and you might have different plays or different different things set up that, that you want to do, but it's always evolving. It's always changing because you've got so many moving pieces, so many moving parts that you you got to make changes on the fly. You, and have to be ready for that. And sometimes you got to throw out the play altogether and do something new because you know what the goal is and you just got to work with the situation you're dealt with in that moment. And so so when it comes to our, our Christian walk, what's the end game? What's the goal of the game? To be with Jesus. I mean, to follow Jesus, to, to uh, love others as ourselves. I mean, we have one calling – we, we have more than one calling, but our main calling is to be followers of Jesus and spread the gospel. And ultimately, I think that is God's will for us. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. I mean, love God, love your neighbor, tell them about God. You know, those are things we know God wants for all of us. That's God's will for us. Um, I, I think there's there's all sorts of other things that we can look at, too, different ways we can articulate what it means to, um, to be a follower of Jesus and... And it's it's living in that relationship with him. Um, but does God necessarily care who you marry? I think as long as you approach it prayerfully, not necessarily. Um, I don't think... I think that... 
I think to an extent, but it's not going to make or break your salvation necessarily. Mm. <clears throat> For sure. I think I, I would say like, um, does he care? Yes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. He, I think he, he cares that we are equally yoked, um, that it's a, it's a person that we can share our faith with, share our life with, but that could be lots of people. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. there, it's not like there is a, a one particular person, and if you get the wrong one, just go back to that blueprint thing for a second and the marriage thing. If you marry the wrong person, you screw up the entire world. Because now they can't marry the person they were supposed to be married to. That person now is married to somebody. It's mm-hmm. just a domino thing that just like, if you literally play that out, it just all falls apart. And that's a level of pressure that God is not going to put on you. Right. Right. The My choices in this life should not <laughs> directly affect the rest of the world. Because yeah. that will end bad for mm-hmm. everybody. That's just not yeah. a good thing. Yeah. I think you made a good point, Matt. Like, does God care about these decisions? Like, absolutely he does. Because he's God. And he sees you as a son or his daughter, and so he loves you and cares. Of course, is he going to, is he going to micromanage your entire life and meticulously just pick yep. everything mm. that you're going to do forever because it's it's for your own good? It's no, I think God has a level of trust in us and that agency and that free will yep. that we have absolutely. to make the decisions in our lives. Um, and yeah, seeking His will is absolutely a good thing, but at the same time, you don't have to. Stress like if I make the wrong decision, I'm going to lose favor or love of God. You're right. not going to, and that's where it, it really like gosh, so much of life just comes back to discipleship. Um, God doesn't care who I marry; He cares what kind. He cares what kind of a spouse I am. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care where I work. He cares how I am as a worker. Am I a person of integrity? Am I an honest person? A hard worker? Like He cares about those things. You can do that anywhere. You can do that in any job. You can bounce around a hundred different jobs if you want. Mm. And, and that that's the stuff that it's like, man, that is so freeing when we grasp that that God, in a sense, doesn't care in that there's not one particular thing for all of us that we need to do. Um, he, he just wants us to be good Christians wherever we are and whatever that role brings us to. And when we grasp that, life gets so much easier and mm. so much freer. And it takes the pressure off of making sure that that next step is the exact right one. That's not to say that sometimes we don't need to really consider what that next step should be. Hmm. But to, to prayerfully approach that, and if A and B both seem reasonable, I can love God, I can love neighbor, and both of those things, then I get to flip a coin or I get to decide however I want to decide and go forward with a good conscience knowing I'm right where God wants me. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. It was a good conversation, guys. I hope that uh, you listening in have, have uh, you know, been challenged a little bit, and I hope this, this influences the way you think about your next steps that maybe you have to take as you're seeking God's will for your life. Well, welcome back to another episode of Everyday Disciples, and I'm once again joined here by Pastor Rob Appold. Hi, everybody. Uh, to do a, a deep dive here, talking about free will god's will and uh you know how how those things work we we were joking before we started here that ah this should be like a 10 minute conversation right we can <laughs> we might not even need the full time that we have to talk about this it's such an easy thing but uh yeah. much ink has been spilled on <laughs> Lots and of some it. blood over this topic sure yeah uh the the whole idea of 
um, whether or not we have free will is is something that is a, a long conversation that the church has been having. Theologians and Christians have been having about what does it mean to have free will. Um, so maybe we just start by by talking about that. Of when we when we use those words, so people talk about you know we have free will. Um, what do what do people mean by that? What what does uh, like what do theologians mean by that? Because maybe we use those differently. Mm-hmm. Well, good question. And uh, so I I think when it comes to theology, does do humans choose God, uh, choose to follow God or not? Mm-hmm. Or, and when? When does when does that choice uh, part of life happen? Sure. Um and you know, we've divided kind of the state into a couple different things in as Lutherans. Uh, before the fall, so the Garden of Eden, mm-hmm. Adam and Eve obviously could sin, but they didn't. Right. They could they lived not they did not sin. After the fall, uh, and before humans are regenerated, mm-hmm. we would say we're dead in our trespasses and sin. And the Bible is clear on that. We don't just say that. Paul does. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's uh but not all Christians would take that to its its truth. They'd they'd say, well, it's marred or it's clouded. Uh, we're basically good, but it just needs to be educated or it needs to be enlightened. No. So they would maybe think that that Paul was when he says you're dead in your sins, um, that that's like a exaggeration. They would maybe take it that maybe, way. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's. That's what we would say as, no, that you, you don't have free will there. You're mm-hmm. dead in your trespasses and sin. You know how to avoid trouble, but you're only doing that out of self-interest. Right. Um, after we're brought to Christ and enlightened by the Holy Spirit, then we have the choice. We have choices in life, and mm-hmm. we have choices to sin, which mm-hmm. we're tempted into, we're short-sighted, we still have our uh, sinful nature uh, working in our <laughs> subconscious and working working in our being. And then after, once we're, once we're in heaven and fully with God, it won't even be possible to sin. We mm-hmm. will be in heavenly bliss, where, th- and that's what that means. There is no more sin and no more of its effect. That's why there's no more tears and no more sorrow. Right. So we would say we're, as Christians, we're in that third part that I was talking about. And, but for most people, um, theologians, it's how do you get from part two to part three when you become a Christian? I think for most people, they want to know what is God's will for what college I go to or which, which person do I marry? Little, little decisions. I mean, all the way down to, you know, what, what, Clothes did I wear right. today? You know, like you can get so micro yeah. <laughs> that it becomes a, a a puzzle. Sure. And so there's nuances to this whole discussion, right? And I'm sure we'll talk about some of them. Sure. Yeah. I, as I encounter, you know, if you ever want to, um, you know, make your your pastor kind of twitch a little bit when people talk about, <laughs> uh, you know, when they throw out in Bible study that well, we have free will. And so, you know, that's where we can make all these choices. And, and it's like, oh, the, that need to correct theology that, um, well, no, you, you don't really have free will in the theological sense, but you have, you have all sorts of latitude to make all sorts of choices in life. Like, right. Because we can go so far as to be everything is you know, like determined, a very deterministic. God has, God has ordained everything that's ever going to happen, and um, 
and that's the only thing that can happen. We have we're just simply characters in the story that have no choice about how the story is being written. Or we can be, you know, kind of the like the actors in the play or whatever who have a little more latitude in in the improv. Of, yeah, of I would how say that's goes. a great yeah. um, a great way to think about it, mm-hmm. with the promise that God's going to work it out for good. Yes, and even when wrong choices are made or what turns out to be uh, maybe even wrong, uh, sinful, um, revealed that that's sinful. God can still make something good come out of it. Right. That we can't, that even, even though we do have latitude and freedom to, to improvise, um, that it, it, we could never out like improvise God's will. Yes. That, that, that we can't thwart what God is trying to ultimately accomplish. He might have to work around our choices to get there. Um, but he, what God wills to happen will ultimately happen as God works toward that um, while we have the latitude to make all sorts of choices. Yeah, and as you and were stuff. thinking, it made me think, okay, there's two errors to, you know, the uh-huh. two extremes. Yep. The one extreme that says, I have to figure out what God's will is, so I do it all the time. Mm-hmm. That's obviously not, <laughs> we're not able to discern that sure. totally. Right. And the other extreme would be, it doesn't matter what I do because it's all God has predestined it. It's my role in this is meaningless anyhow. So therefore, I either don't do anything or right. I despair of my life. Right. So on the on so, the one side, there's you're, some somewhere there's an in between. Yeah. Right. Because on the one side, you're you are like you have to overthink every single step because you don't want to make the right one. You're you're always seeking, um, you know, what's the right answer, not necessarily what would God have me do? How would Mm -hmm. God have me live? Um, And just living out those principles, you're actually looking for the right thing. Um, You know, as we, as in in the other segment on, on this episode, we talked a little bit about if you marry the wrong person, you've just broken the world Uh, because now everybody's married to the wrong person because it's all off. Like there's that level of um, what, like weight riding on every decision you make. Kind of back to the future. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and the other side, then it's the just the, who cares? We're just we're just along for the ride. It's all de- determined, anyways. Um, there's the a, a joke that I heard in in seminary about. Um, so so one of the theological systems that that kind of follows the everything is very determined is like a kind of a Calvinist worldview. Mm-hmm. And so you know the Calvinist falls down the, the stairs and says, "Oh, thank God, that's over." You know, it was it was predetermined. It was gonna happen. Right. Um, Adam's over there laughing, trying not to laugh well, out you loud. You might need to explain um, what Calvinistic uh, thought on that is, but go ahead. Well, just so those who follow kind of Calvin's uh, understanding and his his teachings at the time of the Reformation, um, there there was a great emphasis put on just the sovereignty of God, and so God ultimately being sovereign and uh, his predestination of everything um, down to the smallest detail mm-hmm. it was is a important aspect in in certain corners of Calvin Calvinism is a broad category right. uh, but in certain corners of Calvinism there's there would be those who would probably fall down the stairs and say that <laughs> so for for the everyday Christian um, going through life you know seeking seeking God's will um, wrestling with you know trying to stay on the road not falling off 
on the on the side of everything's already predetermined, so I don't have to think about it, or I'm overthinking about it. Um, what kind of what kind of advice do you give to those folks who are trying to to stay that middle ground of walking in that tension? Well, you brought up uh, Calvin. I'll, I'll bring up a Luther quote, one that actually troubles a lot of people when they mm. find out he said that. He said, "Sin boldly." Mm. Um, now, what he was the context of that is his friend. Philip Melanchthon, who I think you know who that is, but his friend was wrestling with a decision and he couldn't make up his mind. And it, it was he was caught in this conundrum of inaction mm-hmm. because he was worrying about everything. And Luther said, okay, either choice is not good, you know? So sin boldly and trust God's grace more sure. boldly. Uh, and when we're in that situation of, well, I don't know what to do, Obviously, we want to think it through as much as possible, but there is a time to make a decision and move forward, mm-hmm. um, not willfully doing something God doesn't want. That yep. That's not an option for a Christian, but we better be clear that God has said it and not just, hey, this is interpretation or this is uh, colloquial wisdom. Yep. That makes me think of um, a... a another seminary professor who on, on Facebook, I remember seeing this years ago and it has stuck with me ever since. Uh, he had a post on, it was a, a like a presidential election day and he had a post about, hey, that's a good about, one. about, about, uh, you know, voting. And he said, you know, pray about your vote before you go, pray for all your neighbors votes and stuff too. Um, and, and ask for, go in there, vote the way that you feel God is, like telling you to vote and then pray for grace over that. Cause you know, what, whether that is really the, the right way or the wrong way, if there's a right or a wrong uh, for something like that, um, approaching those sorts of decisions with grace, knowing, all right, I've, I've put as much effort as I think I need to into, into um, how I make this decision. And now God, I'm asking for your grace if I screwed this up, if I went the wrong way, the right way, or whatever. And and that was really one decision that a lot of people ask me about. Mm, yeah. You know, in one of our elections, neither right. uh, candidate was a good choice. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was really troubling to people. Mm-hmm. And what do I do, Pastor? Um, do I vote? Do I even vote? Yeah. And um, you know, my counsel there was, uh, well, I think you need to really look at what their platforms are, mm-hmm. not the person. Sure. Because a, no person is perfect, and neither one of those <laughs> were probably <laughs> even trying. Which could be said about every every <laughs> exactly. election. But. Um, but look at their platform. Which one aligns most closely with what you would want, mm-hmm. and support that. And let's hope that these people are men and women of character uh, and seek justice. Um, but and, and nobody's going to be able to do that, right. certainly 100%. And praying for God's grace. And praying for, for God's grace. For whatever the decision is, but mm-hmm. for, certainly for something like that. Um, yeah, it's uh, this, the, the topic of free will um, you know, certainly can be a a hairy thing theologically to, to try to sort through. I think for the everyday disciple, um, I think it's, I think it's what we're talking about here of, of that like prayerfully approaching the, the decisions, the intersections of life. Um, 
weighing the option on those sorts of things. You know, we, if we're if we're going down that walking down the road path of we come to a T in the road and going right, going left seems equally valid, then we we pick one and go with it, mm-hmm. and and we don't have to stress over what if what if I went the other way, what if I didn't? You know what? I'm here. This is where we're going. Um, and until God either steers me a different direction or something comes up that says, oh, maybe I should turn around, we'll go this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know I've talked to many young people on college, and, you know, do I look for a Christian college or do I go to, a, you know, a secular mm-hmm. university? Program might be better. Um, there might be other tangi- uh, tangible re- benefits, but... Yeah, the faith part is going to be lacking, and which which is the right thing there? Mm-hmm. That you you approach very prayerfully and make your decision. And again, if you, that one you can change, sure, you know you can yep. make, maybe make a change later on too if you want to. Um, that's true. Some things like you know marriage, um, <laughs> that's right. not quite so throwaway, uh, but we do want to approach that prayerfully and. Um, you know, ask who who would God have me marry, and how would God have me be as a spouse? Mm-hmm. What would they have me look in uh, look for in a spouse? Right, and certainly character, and um, you know, uh, common beliefs are that's that's definitely uh, talked about. So that's where you don't flaunt 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 God's revealed will, but um, you you take that into consideration as well. And but also there is, there is not just one person who you right. could marry. Yes, but you get to choose, mm-hmm. and God says, "I can bless. I will bless that." Right. Um, and that's maybe the other important thing to remember is is God blessing our choices, um, Him allowing us the latitude to do that, and then to to you know bless those choices as He sees fit. Um, you know, when we make a commitment to another person, like in marriage, that mm-hmm. God God blesses that commitment, even if God says, you know, that's maybe not who I would have chosen for you <laughs> as mm-hmm. a, as a spouse, uh, because you've committed yourselves to one another. I will bless that marriage, right? And and God, so that that's where that's there is that like dialogue of God's will for us, our choices, and the the tension between those, but. Um, yeah, God affords us so much freedom in life, and we get to prayerfully seek Him for that guidance. So, uh, yeah, thanks for this conversation, yeah, Pastor Rob. This is go prayerfully, but also go boldly. Right. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Everyday Disciples. Everyday Disciples is part of the online ministry of St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Grand Rapids. We're striving to be followers of Jesus wherever we are, and we hope you'll join us on that journey. If you found this podcast helpful in your spiritual journey, we'd be honored if you would rate us and review us wherever you listen. It helps people find us and get the good news about Jesus out there to the world. If you've got questions or suggestions for things that you'd like to hear about on Everyday Disciples, let us know with an email to media at stmatthewgr.com.